got every right. Stick to your decision, don't come in through the night. I've been bitten by your venom and it sent me into fight. Dancing with anxiety, send me into flight. Juggling priorities, send me right. Better old habits, old habits higher than a kite. Walking along the high wire, thinking that I might fall into the flows of pause. My life reforms a flash before my eyes, heaven calls a different life. I wake up in the arms of an undertaker. I wake up, damn man, what's this maker? Wait up, if I'm not headed for the top, can you please put me down, sir? And let me out this box If I'm not headed for the top Can you please put me down sir And let me out this box If I'm not headed for the top Can you please put me down sir And let me out this box Monday, everyone. You're listening to Spinning Around with Harley Minogue on Area 3000. Pleased to say that we are back for another equal parts chill and chilly Monday night, and as of now, it is just after 5 p.m. AEST. No, I am not your mother. I am Harley Minogue, and wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thank you for tuning into our airwaves today for more conversations and mixes with dance music's latest and greatest. Speaking of those that came before us, Let's take a moment to acknowledge that we are broadcasting on the land of its traditional custodians, the Wurundjeri people. Please join us in respecting their past, present, and ongoing relationship with the land for the many, many, many generations to come. So if you're tuned into the show, whether it be live on your commute back home or after the broadcast working up a sweat at the gym you're paying $25 a week for because that's the price our society has put on our health, well-being, and the symbiotic conflict between self-love and self-hatred, then please just take a second to think about the well-being the First Nations people seek every day against their own conflicts and consider making a donation to pay the rent or the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service and help the wonderful folks that provide the much-needed resources for the mob today. My first guest this week is a proud and passionate DJ kicking goals all around Nam since 2017. Having had her start playing regularly at Anyway, this cool cat has found a home in the feel-good shelters of house and disco, leading her to boogie her way through places like XE54, Treat, Francesca's, Beyond the Valley, Bimbo Deluxe, Brown Alley, bear with me here, this is going to be a very long resume, Gay Times, Boney, Lounge, Glamorama, Midsummer, The Gasso, Gurns, Ability Fest, Revolver, The NGV, Triple J, Sub Club, and who could forget her stunning set at Pitch 2019. What a resume indeed. After rubbing shoulders with legends like DJ Boring, Skin on Skin, Cassettes for Kids, Dennis Salter, and many, many, many more, she is a storied spinner in this sleepless city, and I couldn't be happier to be chatting with her today. My guest is none other than the wonderful Bertie. Hey, Bertie, welcome to the show. How are you going? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. What have you been up to this uh, lovely, lovely day? What have I been up to? Look, not a lot, you know... 
Um, played at Dr. Morse last night, Ooh. so obviously feeling like slightly dusty. <laughs> um, so it's just been a bit of a slow start to the day. What's your uh, hangover routine? What do you do to get yourself going? I'm really glad you asked um, because this is actually a sponsored ad for Boost. Um, uh, thank you so much, Boost, for the sponsorship today. No, we're yeah. not sponsored by them. Please don't sue us. I apologize. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I will wake up and I will immediately order a Boost. Um, some say that you can make them at home and it's a waste of money. And to that I say, you've never been as hungover as I am. Um <laughs> So, yeah, that, that's the routine. That's the one and only thing. What's your choice? What's your poison when you go to Boost? Okay, well, look, straight up the Energizer, um, which is just a juice actually, but I tell you what, really hits the spot. Mm. Um, then I love a good green tea mango mantra. You know, get a bit of oh, green tea yeah. caffeine in you as well. Yes, nice. It's honestly perfect. Excellent. Um And you know what? I'd say those are my two favorites. Those are my go-tos. So, you've got yeah. your drink. What's your activity? Do you do nothing or do you like to put on TV? Do you maybe go do chores? What's your thing? Um, what is my thing? I feel like, yeah, like I'm either doing something related to music or I'm working or I am literally just like hanging out. Um, <laughs> I feel like my go-to is, yeah, my go-to is literally going from work to music or just like hanging out. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I, there's not much in between um, nice. for me. And I wish there was more time in the day for something else, but there's not. How many hours would you like in a day if you could choose the amount of hours that you could have? Like 30, 25? What are we thinking? Mm, that's a really good question. I, yeah, you know what? I think it would be the extra four or five hours. I think I just need a little. Or- yep. Yep. Yeah. Two hours for sleep, two hours for productivity. <sighs> and also cancelling out commute. Like, obviously, it doesn't count now, but um, pre-COVID, mm. um, commute time of two hours every day, that's just, that's time I need back. Whoa. Two hours every day? What are we talking about? What happened? I mean, door to door, you know, if you're taking two modes of public transport to work- I'd say it's taking you about an hour. Yeah. Well, that was me living in even Brunswick. Wow. What Brunswick? Where are you working? Yeah, Brunswick to like Cremorne. Oh, jeez. Kind of an awkward um, commute. Do you drive? Do you take public transport? What's your thing? Um, I do not drive. Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely terrified of like trying to park in Cremorne every two hours and, (laughs) you know, like move my car. Yeah. Um, It's like. You know vultures out there, so <laughs> I absolutely take the train. Um, do you think? Yeah. Uh, do you think the public hates ticket inspectors more on uh, parking spots or on public transport? Ooh, Who's more hated between you know the two? What? I think equal equal parts hate. Um, just depends what mode of transport you're <laughs> you take. True, um, true. Look, I like to think it's not hate and just like a strong dislike because hate is a very very Strong word. That's very um, true. Is there anything in your life that you would reserve the word hate for? Um, listen, yes. Ooh. Uh, homophobia, racism, Ooh, yes. sexism. <laughs> I'd say I hate those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you hate hate pretty much. I hate hate. That's mm. true. But because that's hypocritical, I like to say that I, I don't. You know, like I, yeah. I really dislike it and would like to dismantle it. It's that kind <laughs> of... Yeah, that's kind of skirts around the um, me sort of being hypocritical on that that issue, doesn't it? I guess you could say that people who are homophobic also strongly dislike 
homosexuality and want to dismantle it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could say that, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like to think of it as um, they actually just, like, have a deep-seated fear of the unknown and they actually need to go to therapy. Ooh. So, um, yeah, I'd like to flip the script on that. Like, it's not uh, the gays who need to go to therapy. Yes. It's actually the homophones. I would highly right? agree with that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now- with this, I did want to ask you about Gay Times mm. because you're actually the first uh, Gay Times artist that I am currently interviewing, See? which I personally loathe because I do wish I had more of said guests on the show. But I did want to ask you, uh, I've never been to a Gay Times, but from what I've heard, it is outrageous fun. Can you tell me about the best Gay Times that you've had between 2019 and 2020? Yeah, I am. Um, I, what was the best one? Where... Okay, I'm just going to have to, like, take a moment to, like, get my <laughs> info. Because it moved locations as well. So I was, like, I was like, you know, up in – and now I don't even have the location. But essentially the last gay times I went to um, – you know what? There was actually – the best gay times I went to was actually recently mm. um, in lieu of gay times. There was a little – actually, I probably shouldn't say that. I actually don't Wait, know. Wait, what? Is, is it a secret rave? <laughs> no, what it happened? wasn't like a secret rave. It was just like, um, you know, everyone from Gay Times who was like part of the organisers and stuff got together and it wasn't, it was legal. <laughs> it was during a legal time. I see. Um, um, but essentially like, you know, had I went to the grounds and had like a mini Gay Times and that was pretty great. Whoa. Um, wow. Yeah, it was really small and it was just like really intimate and I guess so it's like all the – all the amazing parts of gay times on like a super small scale. Can you reveal to us the location where it may have taken place? It was the same location that it um, was the year before. Oh, no so shit. Wow. I think. Hell yeah. Excellent. So we're talking um, like what, 50 people only? Yeah, we're talking super intimate. So it was just like, it was just really lovely, you know, and a play to set. Um, wow. You know, after Jen Loveless, really easy act to follow, obviously. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh wow. Um, anyway. She played an absolutely amazing set and, um, yeah, it was just, like, so much fun. It was just – it was nice it being really intimate. But the year before, yeah, it's a beautiful energy. It's a beautiful energy and, to be fair, I actually have never um, done an overnight there to my deepest regrets. Um, Oh, no. Yeah, I actually – you know what? I actually live a life of taking on too much and I always find myself like, you know, having to um, go from like one thing to another or like yeah, needing yeah. to like, yeah, basically, you know what? That's actually something I'm working on uh, for this next year. Okay, uh, nice. Take on less, you know, quality over quantity and like really enjoy the things I'm doing and get to spend more time at them. Why do you, why do you like to overcommit? Like what's your – do you just not have a – good grasp of what your schedule is or do you just not want to say no to people um we've raised two really (laughs) two really good points there maybe a little bit of a and a little bit of b right um i definitely don't like saying no to people and that's something i've literally had to work on um but i think more than that i just i have a job that's very demanding and i don't like doing a bad job of things. So I'm mm. constantly working more than, you know, the bare minimum. Yeah, um, hell yeah, nice. That's a good way to be. Yeah, and then I, I think, like, 
I just have so much that I want to do yeah. that I'm constantly um, just trying to like just do it. I guess this feeds into your a desire for a longer day as yeah. well. No, it really does. Yeah. It really does. But it, you know <laughs> what? Like I, I've had to really like reflect on um, – I think also like, you know, COVID has helped me reflect on stuff like this um, because I think there was a time there where I, I really like fed into this sort of like – you know, idea of capitalism and, mm. uh, well, you know, with subconsciously without really thinking about it too much and the need to always be doing something. Yeah. And, um, and I think it really did stunt my, like, ability to just, you know, enjoy less things while I'm doing them or prioritise. Um, and don't get me wrong, I think there was a while there where I, I needed to hustle, you know, mm. um, and have more than one job financially and, you know, when I was sort of making my way up in my other career and and it was sort of on minimum wage Mm. but um I think yeah like I think as soon as you can um not work five days a week (laughs) or not work 16 hour days and find a company that's not going to do that to you um you know that (laughs) you should do it because yeah yeah I mean that's not that's not the meaning of life (laughs) do do, do you mind me asking you what do you do for your non-music career? My non-music career, yes. Um, I, I'm i a copywriter. Oh, good yeah. with words. Um, Fantastic. Good with words. Nice. Yeah, so I have my little um, corporate creative sellout career, I like to call it. Um, <laughs> do you make ad no, copy? No, I'm joking. <laughs> hey. <laughs> do you make ad copy? I do. That's oh, what fun, I do. fun, fun. Yeah. Aside from gay times, I know that you've also played Beyond the Valley and uh, Ability Fest as well. So you're no stranger to festivals, including also Midsummer, uh, from what I know. What's been your favorite festival experience? Because you've done a few of them. You know what? My favorite festival experience genuinely has to be the last pitch that I played. Oh, um, yes. It was just like, I think that's like the most people I've played to potentially. Mm. Um, or at least it just like felt kind of electric in that way. Um, you know, by the time I played my first song I looked out and there was like there was a lot of people there and it was you know a beautiful sunny day and it's kind of my dream set in a way like I I love daytime festival like late Arvo like Mm. that is my that is my dream set at a festival oh yeah um you know it's when people are really down for to hear something funky yeah yeah I think that was just like a really great experience in that regard like of course internally like I wasn't enjoying it the whole time because I was like oh my um, but, <laughs> no, no. But I, you know, as soon as you play a few songs, you're like, "Wow, this is amazing." Um, do you get do you get pre gig butterflies? I don't get butterflies. Um, I definitely get an internal like monologue at some gigs, like freaking Ooh. myself out. But I've gotten really good at dealing with that. I think they call that anxiety. Um, what, what, what are the what are the thoughts that come into your head when you get that sort of state of mind? Are they like, oh, no, they don't like the song? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think I'm constantly like, have I got, like, you know, have I got the right, like, set list in mind? Like, Mm. you know, don't get me wrong, you can change it while you're up there. But, um, no, I think it's like a constant, it's probably like more at the start when I'm playing a constant sort of monologue of like, is everyone else vibing what I'm vibing right now or am I the only one vibing? Yeah. Um, and I think with some gigs it's really hard to, especially big ones, it's really hard to tell. Um, when you look out into a sea of people and you're seeing sort of the tops of them, like mm. the top half body, mm. unless you're playing something that's like sort of a hand-up scenario, like <laughs> which is probably people can sustain that for about 10 to 
15 seconds. Um, (laughs) You're not, you're getting like, it's hard to like glance up and see the feedback like, yeah, I'm killing this, you know, (laughs) at least for me. So you sort of just have to like trust that people are like, you know, you can see their feet moving. Yeah. Like people are out, like having a good time. People aren't leaving. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's all good. <laughs> What's uh? I say, I'd say I'm vibe checking too much. Oh, uh, I see, I see. <laughs> well, I'd like to ask you then, what in which venue do you think that you can get the most feedback in terms of like how the audience is receiving your music? Well, that's an interesting question because there are a lot of good venues out there, but. I mean, you've played at you played at uh, Gurns XE54 back when it started out, mm. the Gasso, Revolver mm-hmm. potentially, mm-hmm. Subclub. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You know, Revolver's a Revolver's a funny one because yes, I think you can get a lot of feedback there. Like people, um, people really, people are really like right there with you in the cage. Um, yeah. And there's definitely a lot of like a lot of scream, a lot of verbal feedback, you know, <laughs> yeah. a lot of a lot of screaming, which yeah. we love, um, you know, a lot of a lot of hand high fives through the cage, yeah. and we love that too. Yeah. Um, but I think just like people really do give their energy around that cage, so that's always always a lovely experience in that regard. True. Um, I definitely enjoyed the feedback of the old XE venue red room. Yeah. Um, Because I think that was quite intimate. It was like this red room. It had lots of disco balls. Um, You were sort of playing, you know, in a secluded spot that was like kind of the bar but not used as a bar. Um, And you'd look out and people would be like sort of right there with you. Like it was was very intimate Mm. and when that room was full, you know, you were getting people's energy directly in front of you. Yeah. Um, people interacting with you. People definitely let you know when they were, you know, vibing out to what you were playing. And also because it was so sort of secluded, you could really you could play anything you wanted from, you know, that really like old school disco, no edits. Yeah. Um, to, yeah, to something a bit sort of like weird and deep and groovy and mm. – yeah, I think I really did love playing in that room. What I wanted to ask you was something that I'd read on your Facebook uh, when you had made a mix for Skylab um, for their show Rainbow Rhythm. Now, you said that it meant a lot to you, that particular mix meant a lot to you because of your denial of your identity, uh, which impacted your musical expression. But now you've come to accept that a little bit more and now you play differently. So tell me about that. Like, h- how has your playing changed now? from when you didn't accept who you were? Mm, no, that's 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 a really good question. Yeah, I think um, basically what I meant with that is like, you know, and let's get deep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I spent a, a lot of my life trying to deny that I was gay, like genuinely told myself that I wasn't to the point of believing it. Whoa. And I think that just stunted my ability to um, be myself, you know, like the true essence of me. I think I was like pretty like almost this like performative person like you know performing a a personality or a a person for a while and you know that's not going into adulthood uh, majorly but it to the point where I hit 18 and from 18 it was me you know um coming into a more authentic version of me but I'd say it took 
a while. And because I, I guess I'm like unlearning everything I taught myself or the confines that I sort of felt I had on me because of society, right. sort of where, where, where they were so, at. So you thought you were straight. I mean, you, you tricked yourself into thinking that you were straight for a while. I would say that I tricked myself into thinking I was straight. Absolutely. Oh, uh, I, I absolutely did that. And I absolutely believed it. But if you ask me like years later reflecting, did I know? Part of me is like, maybe I did. But yeah. I genuinely believe my I'm really good at like tricking my mind. Like the mind's a powerful thing. If you, that's why affirmations work. If you tell yourself something again and again and again and again, you can make it real. You can. Um, That's my belief. The best lies are the ones that you believe yourself, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, What actually flipped it? Like what made you uh, go from like fooling yourself into thinking like, okay, I'm straight. But then what event happened that made you think, I can't fucking lie to myself anymore. Yeah. Um, I think, look, I think it was, what, what would I have been like 19 or something? I was really, really, really unhappy. Right. And like, I think I just like, obviously, yeah, like I, what was it? I think I just like, you know, it was experiences. It was like unhappiness. It was like, you know, being drunk in a club and like being like <laughs> to my friends, like, ha ha ha, I have a girl crush on her her and then be like what is a girl crush sorry and like her being like no my friends being like oh yeah ha 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 like take because they just took me for whatever I said I was which right. was straight right <laughs> um, um so my friends just being like ha ha classic Alberta I'm like yeah it actually is classic me I like I'm gay like one, <laughs> one day I was just like um oh my god like I can't like, oh, my God. I think it just hit me. I think I just realized I had feelings for someone. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Like, I think, you know, all my life I had thought it would be really clear to me. Yeah. If, like, it would be really clear to me. So, if it wasn't clear, I was absolutely normal. This was normal. You know, I'm just like, I'm just straight. Right, right. Um, I don't even know. It's a really weird thing to explain now because, obviously, like, my mindset was just so different and reflecting on it is so so weird, especially because if I was, you know, 18 now, it just the context of where we're at as a society, there's no way I would have like been like that. But yeah. do you um, wish that you had accepted it earlier or do you sort of see a lot of benefit in what you went through that makes you who you are? I feel like I wish I had found my authentic self earlier for sure. Yeah. But, you know, I, I've definitely gone through a phase of my life being like, oh, my God. You know, like I wasted so much time, like X, Y, and Z, but I think I'm very happy with who I am now. And, you know, I'm very, I don't care how long it took. Um, Hell yeah. And I think like, you know, being your authentic self makes you so happy that, you know, it's, it's worth whatever time it takes. Like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't care um, anymore. Like, I'm not attached to, like, how long it took to get there. I, I don't regret any experiences I've had. Like, they make me who I am. So. Well, tell me tell me a little bit about who is the authentic Bertie. <laughs> who is the authentic self that you have found today and why are you so happy with it? Um, that is a really good question. I don't even know how to summarize her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not expecting a one-sentence answer. <laughs> um, who is she? She... Who is she? She's just like, she's a chaotic, like, shit talker um, (laughs) who, like, just loves her friends and loves the people around her and is just surrounded by amazing people. Um, 
And I don't know, like, who who is she? She's pretty turbo. Like, she honestly just has a bit of a chaotic energy. Wow. It's really weird talking about yourself in third person. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and, yeah, she's, you know, she's always doing something. She's a bit all over the place, but we love that for her. We've accepted that for her. Yeah. Hell, yeah. That's cool. I like that. The, the chaos. Has that ever gotten you into a... Uh- a lot of trouble. <laughs> I think it's more just like it took me. It's kind of me into the trouble of, in the sense of like, um, not managing my life properly, which goes back to like wanting more time in the day and stuff. Um, oh. So like always being like scrambling to like get things done in time in multiple facets of my life and meet deadlines and. Um, it gets me into trouble in that sense because I think that just puts a strain on my mental health, which I didn't really realize <laughs> until COVID. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Once you have so much more time to yourself, it starts to become a lot more evident as to like what's been holding you back whilst you were too busy to actually think about that sort of stuff. Totally. Um, there's chaos in terms of like trying to arrange a schedule and making sure that you're on top of things. I think a really interesting indicator of how someone manages their time is their laundry basket. Mm-hmm. So, if that laundry basket is piled up to the point where it's fucking spilling over, which is honestly like me most of the time, <laughs> but I think that's an indicator of uh, somewhat a poor or uh, leaving more to be desired in terms of time management. What is your laundry basket like most days of the week? Um, you know what? I'm pretty good with laundry. Like, just ask my housemates. I'm constantly doing washing. Like, ah. like I'm... Yeah, I don't like to – I have a system and I don't like it to get too chaotic. It's probably something that actually makes me feel less chaotic, being on top of stuff like that. Do you do white, separate white and coloured and all that stuff? I separate and- delicates and normal. Oh, that's a good system. I like that. Delicates and normal, yeah. Nice. Got lots of delicate clothing. You want like you want that stuff to last. Mm-hmm. So you treat it kindly. Um, delicates, normal clothes, and then like – Towels and linen. Fab- fabric softener? You know what? I don't fabric soften. I really Ooh. don't. Ooh. Yeah. I highly recommend it. It's lovely. You know what? I might take you up on that, on that <laughs> recommendation. I, I haven't been training myself, clearly. It's, if you get the scented ones, it's just a nice little icing on the cake for sure. Actually, speaking of housemates, uh, I'm aware that you have moved in to a lovely house with Mokhtar and Jungle Georgia. How's that house been? I have. I have indeed. Um, the house is great. Nice. Um, love my little fam. Nice. Um, a lot of mixes going on? A lot of mixing going on. I'm actually currently in our studio room. Whoa. Um, downstairs is our DJ room. Whoa. Um, both have decks in them. Um, That's cool. This one just has like a, a desk in it as well. Wow. Um, we have three sets of record players. Really Fuck unnecessary. Me. Wow. Um, <laughs> someone should really sell theirs. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, we don't have a lounge room. We just decided that we would only ever be <laughs> making music or DJing. So that's that's kind of the the life we're living. That's a cool setup. I'm assuming there's no TVs in any shared common rooms. Correct. Who needs a TV when you've got a laptop? Ex- exactly. Right. <laughs> Times are changing. Panasonic, Samsung, you guys are going out of business on that product line. <laughs> Can you tell me, how long have you been living there for so far? I think I moved in like a week before our little mini lockdown, but the guys had been here um, 
since three weeks prior. So I just took ages to move in because life was a bit chaotic. Um, <laughs> As is part of the course at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is a common theme in my life. Um, <laughs> no, I actually had to wait till I waited until after I played the CC Disco show because, you know, uh, working full time and then having two shows, one on the Saturday and Sunday, I was like, there's no way I'm, I'm fitting moving in. Yeah, fair. So maybe like a month? Since it's been a month. I think that's, I would say maybe half the time you need to make this decision. Mm-hmm. But I, do, I would like to get your preliminary thoughts. Who's your favorite housemate? Oh. Who is your favorite housemate? Mokta or Jungle Georgia? You can't do that. You can't of course do that. I can. Well, okay, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's, there's actually a cop-out answer, which... I'll absolutely use. Okay. Um, I've actually lived with Georgia longer. So mm. um, me and Moxie get to be in the honeymoon phase for a few more months um, until I deliberate my decision. <laughs> <laughs> until you deliver him a letter of demand saying, can you please get the dishes out of the sink? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're both such good housemates. So, oh, that's good. Um, yeah. What can I say? You might be looking for some like juicy goss, but it's oh, all no, working no. out really smoothly. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not looking. For I have goss. no qualms. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not looking for goss at all. What I wanted to. What I wanted to know was who was your favorite, and that's all that matters to me. <laughs> um, all that matters to me is that you guys fight after this interview. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. But you said that you've been living with Georgia for longer. So you used to live with her in a previous house or? Yeah, I used to. Yeah, we lived in a previous house together. Um, okay, nice. Um, for a year during the lockdown with our housemates, Daisy and Matilda. What was lockdown like for you? Because you were saying that, you know, it gave you a lot of time to really think about all the shit that you've been, you know, piling on to your schedule and everything. Mm. Was it a fairly calm lockdown for you or was there a lot of internal conflict Mm. yeah like I look back and I'm like oh it definitely wasn't like thriving but (laughs) but at the time I I really um I really felt a lot of relief because I think that I had been going very hard with like um work and DJing Mm. um I think I had been accepting a lot of gigs on the weekend and sort of, you know, telling myself that I I needed to be doing that. Um, yeah. And I think when when lockdown kind of happened, it was like as soon as it had been a few weeks, I realized like, oh, I actually, like, this is what I needed. Right. Like this, it, not that, obviously, I wish it didn't happen. But of course, um, yeah. I think it was kind of a blessing for me and I, in the back of my head, I was like, you asked for something like this to have, like to, for your hand to be forced yeah, um, to stop doing gigs. And obviously like that's not what I wanted to happen, but I needed to learn how to say no is probably what I had been asking for in the back of my head. Like, mm. you know, a lesson, a lesson on, you know, what I actually need to be doing and what's going to make me happy, which is, you know, quality not quantity um and also knowing my limits and also um finding more balance in my life with work you know that's really cool because when you say what's going to make you happy in life instead of what i usually get from people when i ask this question is particular goals in mind you know like oh i'm going to do this or i need to have this career or i need to be in this position but for you i think the way that you've answered it 
is so much more impactful because you've put yourself down for saying the way that I'm going to be happy is by putting these particular rules or pursuits in place and then letting whatever happens happens. Because, I mean, you know, this goes along that philosophy of like, you never know what the fuck is going to happen in life, right? Like, who could have predicted COVID would happen? Um, you know, for other people, like, who could have predicted that, you know, they might have failed on this particular thing or they might have lost a friend or something like that. But um, for you, it's it's setting yourself up for having some form of, at the very least, internal consistency moving forward in what is ultimately an uncertain future. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I think I've, like, really learned like how much of a just strain that puts on my mental health and you know I wasn't identifying that yeah have you ever burnt out DJ yes yeah no I burnt out really really badly but um I burnt out so badly because I, I guess I also was working like a, a job where I was working like very late hours like every day yeah um I fully burnt out of life I would say and like you know quit everything like ended everything like when did you quit the job? Yeah, quit the job. Um, was like, this is it. I'm like, I'm going to stop DJing. Not like I'm going to stop DJing, but like I'm going to take a break. But the only way that I could really do that was like I basically went overseas and did the classic Europe trip. Um, but I kind of went going like, I don't know if I'll come back. Whoa. I was like, I, I'm just like pretty like I don't know if I want to go back into, you know, advertising. Um I don't know if I want to come back to Melbourne. Wow. Um, I was like pretty broken to be honest. And it was because I was just, I was doing too much. There was a lot going on. I was doing too much. I didn't have time to stop and think about what I wanted, what was good for me in my life, Yeah. Um, what was important. And yeah, I basically just, you know, was like no to everything and and got out of every commitment I had at the time yeah, yeah. and um, went overseas. But obviously after um, three and a half months mm. traveling, I was like, oh, you're all right again, you know. Oh, that's <laughs> you're, nice. You're okay. Um, and Melbourne's amazing and there's nowhere else I want to live. Like that, that's kind of where I where I got to. I was like, I actually, actually love Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and I, I do just want to continue living there at least for a bit was kind of my vibe what are the things that you love about this city because i mean i agree with you i fucking love nam this is fucking great but what is it particularly for you do you mind sorry yeah, yeah. i'm so sorry yeah that's just okay. gonna knock at the go for it door. go for it go sorry. for it a few moments later hello i'm so sorry that's okay no not at all um uh, is everything okay everything's good we're good to go okay cool um uh, please say uh, was that mokhtar just before it was mokhtar <laughs> <laughs> please please say sorry uh, from me to mokhtar. no don't worry about it he just wants he wants to make a mix oh cool nice so we'll, i'll get to listen to that after this nice who's uh whose mixes do you enjoy more <laughs> <laughs> Between George and Mokhtar, I love yeah. them both. What do, you, what do you mean? I don't understand these choosing questions. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just to cause a bit of trouble. It's just stirring up the pot. But I love um, that. Um, yeah, but yeah, I love them. I love them both. So, do you love your mixes? Do I love my mixes? Mm. Mm. I'm I like yes. Mm-hmm. I'm my biggest critic, though. I reckon, like, I um, I love. I love the music I play. I love putting together a mix. Mm-hmm. Um, I love crafting a journey. Oh, yeah. Um, I love thinking about that. That's, like, that's what I love. Hell, um, yeah. Nice. Do I love my mixes? 
I like I I do after a while. Oh, <laughs> no, it like, takes I time. Love, I love listening to them, but I'm also like hypercritical of my own mixes. Like I'll listen to them and I'll hear things that I'll do differently next time. Right. Like there's like a, a level of um, there's a level that I actually need to work on in terms of like being over overly critical of myself. Okay. Um, okay. Instead of just instead of just enjoying what I'm putting out to the world, but I think like. I think for me it's actually about like the journey of getting there and I, I always love what I've done in the sense of like, you know, the journey and the the craft and, and, and what I'm like presenting to people. Um, yeah. I think I just like, I just, I just really enjoy being hypercritical about my mixes um, <laughs> and just like constantly thinking about what I can do better. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but that's that's how I am. Well, a question, is it just for mixes and music or does that bleed into any other aspects of your life? Mm, no, yeah, it's everything. It's, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, no, it's definitely a personality. I yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had a really bad rejection? When asking someone out? No, because I'm like a little, um, I'm a little bitch and I would like just, oh. I, I would never do it. I, I just like, I'm like so like, um, yeah, I don't really chase. I got to say like. Ooh, I, humble brag. Okay. No, 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 not in, <laughs> no, not in that sense. It's more like a like. Um, you know, f- so fear of rejection, ego never puts yourself out. Like, you know, like I, I think, yeah, like in that sense, I-, I don't know if I've really made any of my relationships happen. I think like, you yeah. know, I've always been like the, been like, you know, the standoffish one. Um, Area 3000 listeners that are tuning in right now, just know that uh, Betty doesn't chase. Uh, she's too cool for that. She's too cool for that. If you, uh, um, you want to seek something, then you got to seek it out for yourself. Self, she ain't coming to you. So. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I really stitched myself up on this one. No, I'm sure people will see the uh, the the sarcasm of this, but uh, <laughs> but look, uh, look, it's uh, I personally uh, have never uh, had the luxury of. Uh, being able to just have people come to me. So, unfortunately, <laughs> I can't relate on this point. I don't think it's a good thing. Like, like don't – Like, because I have – like, it, you know, not putting yourself out there is absolutely, like, not a good thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, Why? Why is that? I, I just think, like, you know, ultimately, like, why am I – why am I like that? It's probably just – it's probably fear of rejection. Like, I absolutely don't need that energy in my life. <laughs> <laughs> But like, but like, you know, it's not doing me doing me any favors. Yeah. Well, just because you don't seek out rejection doesn't mean that you wouldn't have faced rejection in your life at some point. Mm. How do you respond to rejection? Um, like probably cry. Like I'm, a, I'm a very much a crier. Yeah. I actually cry a lot. I actually haven't cried for ages though. Um, I must be really happy. Um. <laughs> Rejection is hard. Rejection in the sense of um, like all rejection, like professional, personal, etc. Everything. Yeah. Do you mm. like beat? I mean, you would probably beat yourself up for it, right? Like in mm. terms of, oh, I just wasn't good enough or something like that, you know? I think like I probably, yeah, would get upset. Like social rejection probably affects me like a lot. Like mm. um, I think I'd be really upset, um, you know, and have been in the past, but I just don't like the... I think like just like the idea of losing amazing people in my life is just really upsetting to me. Like mm. it's just one of the most upsetting things. Like, um, you know, I th- I think most of the people I've 
you know, who have ever been close to me are, are amazing people. And uh, like, I absolutely am upset by the idea of, you know, losing people that come into my life. Um, in terms of professional, I think I've gotten really good at rejection. Like you work in like an ideas field and you have to get really good at like your ideas getting killed. Like, cause it's, <laughs> it's not about, it's about finding the best idea. So um, and what works and stuff. So yeah, exactly. Professionally, yeah, yeah, yeah. really comfortable, but it's something I've actively worked on. What do you think happens in the afterlife? Do you think there is an afterlife? What happens when we die? Look, I think nothing personally, but um, it's kind of like a lovely benchmark to have that nothing happens, to be honest, because if something does happen, what a nice surprise for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Honestly, yeah. what, a, what a lovely surprise. I know that, you know, some people say that surprise might um, be uh, hell in all senses of the word, but um, I like to think that's not what would happen to me, hopefully. Um, <laughs> I, I guess some people out there would say otherwise, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think nothing happens, and but I am so open to something happening. <laughs> why, do, why do you think nothing happens? I'm not questioning it, but uh, sorry, mm. I'm not challenging it, but I'm asking why. Um, I just think like this, you know, this is this is it. Like this is this is the time. Like uh, I think nothing happens because, well, I guess scientifically, I think nothing happens just from like my knowledge mm-hmm. or my minimal knowledge in the area. I think that. Um, yeah, I, I, and I kind of just love living my life like this is it. This is this is the time to like thrive, and then, um, yeah, it's it's like it's an interesting question, but I have to say that I don't dwell on it too much. Thinking that like that this is all there is. If you think about that, do you think that makes your life consequential or inconsequential? I think that makes my life consequential because it's the only one you have. Yeah. So I guess there is a lot more thought and consideration and a lot more of yourself that's going into everything that you're doing when you think that way. Yeah. Like I feel like, you know, it's like almost giving myself the chance to just like put my whole authentic self into this, not thinking about like trying to do it for any other reason than like I want to or Mm. I feel that I should or um yeah it's how I want to live um well I think there's a power in that for me at least um yeah and I think however you find your power to like sort of you know live your life to the best of your ability and be happy that's that's a great thing and so for me it's not kind of believing in anything after this um nice but I, I wouldn't say that i reject like a sense of spirituality for myself if you met let's say in the depths of a very very deep forest an ancient witch or wizard mm-hmm. and this particular person of great magical power could teach you any spell or any power that you wanted just one couldn't do more than that just because they don't have time mm-hmm What would you like to learn? I reckon, like, the power to make other people happy. Authentically. Holy shit. Okay. So, 
Well, you just look at them and you say you're going to be happy and then they become happy. Oh, like, yeah, but like an authentic happiness, not like a, like, like genuinely they, they get, they are fulfilled in whatever way they need to be to live a happy life. That would be fucking dope. You know, if everyone was just like a hundred percent dope and like vibing out, um, what does our society look like? That's kind of what I'm interested in. Okay. I've got two more questions for you and then Mokhtar can use the room to make a mix. (laughs) Um, So, my next question. Also, these are all off the top of my head because uh, I'm looking at this list and I'm kind of fucking bored of this list because I've done this for like the last three months now. And I wanted to ask some cooler questions that I've been thinking about and trying to deliberate with my friends in the uh, the outside world. My penultimate question for you, Bertie, is would you rather have a cyborg eye or a cyborg body? So, like, from neck down, it was all machinery. That looked normal. I mean, it's rather, it looked like it was flesh, but it was actually all cybernetic. I, I reckon, like, the eye would be sick. Right. You know, because I'm, I'm kind of vibing out, um, you know, who I am. So, you know, keeping keeping what's going on would be, mm-hmm. I'd enjoy that. And then just, like, having this specialised eye. Um, I mean, one can only dream of what it could do. Even if the body could, you, you could make it go as fast as you want. It could be as strong as you want. You could make yourself as tall as you want. You could maybe even change the shape of like, if you were massive or tiny, like, what are you thinking? Look, I can't, look, I do love the idea of that. Um, but then it's almost too much power. Like if I had that, um, I need to change what I'm doing. Like for me, it'd be like, okay, how do I use this? I've got lots of power now. I can, like, how do I use this for, like, in a good way? Um, like, this should be about more than me. Oh. Whereas <laughs> it's almost selfish. It's like a selfish answer. If I just choose the I, um, I can just, you know, do what I'm doing, DJ, vibe out, um, and not feel like this greater purpose is calling me. That's true. You know? There are- no, no conflict. Yeah. <laughs> no, no more extra responsibility. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got far too much on your plate already. Um, yeah. All right, let's. Uh, <laughs> it's a good question. Hey, it's funny. Um, I like. I it. personally would choose uh, the the body. Nah, I choose the eye because I think you know it's all well and good to have a functional machine that can actually do everything that you need it to do. But um, if I can hook up to the internet in my eye, that'd be sick. True, I, I didn't that. even think about the possibilities of what you could do, but that would be amazing. Imagine just looking things up, like, you know, secretly in trivia. Yeah. Or like, um, <laughs> just not being knowledgeable on something someone's talking about, and then within, like, seconds, you're you're absolutely, like, reciting Wikipedia to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. That's cool. All right, uh, here we go. Let's let's go with something really nice for the last one. But firstly, can I just ask, well, rather tell you, thank you so much for making this mix that you have made for us on Spinning Around on Area 3000. Because listening to it, I was like amazed at the technique of your blending, especially like you're really, really fantastic at this like smooth transition between tracks. Um, it's not obvious that you're ever bringing in something new. Uh, I mean, to people that know the songs that might be, I personally didn't know a lot of them, but they were all fucking bangers, every single one of them. I really enjoyed how there was so much more of a bigger picture to this mix as opposed to just from this transition to the next transition. When you were saying that you like to base your mixes on like the journey or like how where people 
are going whilst listening to this track of this one hour of music. Like, it really shows. And I couldn't thank you more for bringing that sort of talent um, onto the show, and I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for saying that. Those those are such kind words. Um, I'm I'm so glad you liked it. Okay, awesome. Do you like that mix? Or are you still I do. Critical? No, <laughs> no I, I'm I'm happy with that mix. I I haven't like um done the thing where I hypercritically listen to all of the mixing. I actually am you know working on that. I'm just like doing yeah. the mix, and then I'm like, no, that was good, and I'm sending it off, and yeah. you know, um, excellent. I think I did change my mind about um a few songs I wanted to put into it because oh. the journey wasn't quite right. Oh, really? But um, I think beyond that, like I think I think about that in the lead up to making a mix, mm. like making sure the journey is right um, or what I want to present or take people on. Um, and I do enjoy like crafting it, like swapping out a few songs because I'll start thinking about it a little bit yeah. early. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I was really happy with this, happy with the journey and I hope it translates. What's your method? So, like, do you – usually just sort of like jam a little bit and try to figure out like combos or like mm. do you sort of think like okay i'm going from this genre to this genre or this bpm to this bpm like yep. what's your process um i'll start with kind of like an idea for a mix like what i want the general vibe to be you know is it going to be like super slow and you know stay in like this sort of i i guess soulful world or is it mm. gonna um be more like start in more of a like a mid-tempo disco and then like, you know, move into turbo or is it just all going to be turbo? Or I, I think I start there. I basically yeah. start there. And nice. then um, and then I just I start thinking about songs I'm like really vibing. I'll just like get a folder and I'll just start like chucking stuff in that feels right. Yeah. Um, and then I will start crafting the journey like and over i'll overcraft that so i'll spend a lot of time like just thinking about that and i like like to play like a snippet of a song and then into another song and then be like yeah that's really that's really working and then i'll go from there then i'll start jamming and then oh. i'll start like working out you know if it's in this, like doing what i want it to do um i actually you know go on a bit of a process for these which you know i i know not a lot of djs um or, or some djs don't do and and, and love to wing it and I definitely like to do that sometimes, but um, I enjoy the crafting of a journey so much that I spend a lot of time on it. And yeah, so then, so then to end the process, I'll jam for a bit and then I'll land on what I think is right yeah. and then I'll actually record it. Fuck yeah, that's dope. So <laughs> how, how long does this all take you usually? I'd say I'm doing it like I'm starting this process in between, like the week leading up and I'm doing it like in between work. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just like, ran I'll randomly add a song or something when I think of it or hear it. Um, yeah. and then it depends if I'm not happy with the journey, it might take a bit longer. Like I might spend a few hours on the weekend. I think the answer to your question is too long. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I'm spending a lot of, like I'm spending a lot of time on it, but you know, if I'm enjoying the product that the output then yeah. um, and, and what, like how that's going to be received, uh, it's worth it. Like I enjoyed the process. What's the longest you spent doing this process? There was one time I was really unhappy with something and it's it's hard to put a time to it because I'm always frantically doing it in between things. And I think I was really exhausted as well. Um, 
So I was trying to do it like pretty late at night every night. Um, oh, God. And I'd say it like took me like it took me two weeks and I basically had to be like, no, you need to sleep. Um, and I woke up and I got some sleep and I woke up on a Saturday and I did it at 8 a.m. And it, you know, finally was what I wanted. Wow. But I think that's the thing. Like exhaustion takes a toll on your mental. Yeah. And um, it definitely affects my DJing and, yeah. you know, just like musically affects me. So yeah. it's been something that I've really had to prioritize. Nice. That's good. <clears throat> At the very least, like stepping away from it will give you a bit more energy to come back and do it properly. Totally. I guess. Especially if you do it early in the morning. It's really, um, that's good dedication. I like that. Um. I've got one last question for you mm-hmm. before we head into uh, the product of what I assume to be a week's worth of hopefully not too much stress for you. <laughs> yeah, I reckon this one was, uh, yeah, like, you know, I started thinking about it a week before, but yeah. um, this one was went quite smoothly, actually. Good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. It sounds fucking smooth as well. <laughs> so uh, here's my last question for you. What is your favorite memory with your best friend? Um, my favorite memory is actually us being um, the first time we, like, you know, really properly um, hung out and vibed was at Waking Life. And it was overseas at this festival. And just, like, I, you know, I had some moments there where I was, like, um, obviously, like, you know, it was it was vibes, fun times, but where I was just sort of, like, um, wigging out and oh, um, yeah. or having like some funny moments. Yeah, yeah. Like it was, it was all like fun. Yeah. But, but you know, George is just this beautiful grounding presence in my life yes. that I was just always feel safe next to, and um, you know, like could say anything and do anything. And I think that was such like a really nice moment, like just being like, I am like so chill because this human is just the best and. Um, nothing can go wrong and, you know, yeah. Nice. Uh, and plus, plus it was a lot of fun. <sighs> I can imagine. I can so, imagine. Is, uh, is she fun to party with? She's the best. Fuck yeah. She's the best. There's not a weekend. I don't party with her. Ooh. Um, so absolutely yes to that. Does that ever catch up to you, partying every weekend? Okay, well, I say party and I just mean, like, going and seeing movies <laughs> and stuff. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not wild. I was going like, to say, that, like, that's got to tie you out. <laughs> for me, for me, partying is just, like, you know, having a having a pinot and going to, like, five bars and a gig. But, like, I exaggerate with five bars. But, like, going to a bar, <laughs> a gig, and drinking to me, I'm like, yeah. That sounds nice. That's, uh, yeah. I suppose this is the perfect city for it. Um, it is. Right here on Area 3000. Uh, thank you. Bertie, for making the time to have a chat with me today and for answering what some people might see as uh, invasive questions. And uh, I, I do thank you for indulging me in those because um, I, I do really enjoy really getting to know who you are inside and out. And um, personally, um, and this goes for a lot of my guests that come onto the show, I don't know who the fuck you were like before we actually had this conversation. I mean, I've heard your music and I fucking liked it, which is why I've invited you on. But... It's essentially a conversation between strangers. It's the first meeting. And I'm getting a really, really good uh, vibe from you in terms of this idea of, sorry, not idea, but this embodiment of self-certainty that you're uh, really striving for. You know, you've got these rules that you've put into place to 
help you achieve happiness. And like, that's a fucking fresh perspective. Like not a lot of people do this. And uh, I really can see at the very least from this conversation that we've been having from you telling me about the process behind your mixes, you are someone who is going to stick to and abide by those rules despite being a naturally chaotic person yourself. But um, look, I mean, if you've got your laundry on top, then you know, you're doing well, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, if you've got good laundry, you're sorted. Exactly. Have you uh, have you had fun? Have you enjoyed this interview? I have. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, no, love deep diving on all of all of the issues. Um, you you can say you didn't enjoy it. You're totally allowed to say that. Um, <laughs> have you stopped recording? No, I'm kidding. Oh. I, absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely, I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, no, it's been wonderful. Um, thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. Thank you for allowing me to just you know talk shit about my life. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I really do appreciate it. And uh, speaking of sharing, let's share this beautiful mix that you've made for everybody else as well. Uh, people, this is actually going to be the first and last interview and mix for tonight as we are just having a one guest show for the week. But fret not, we'll be coming back with two as per usual next week in July. So thank you once again, Birdie. You've been listening to Spinning Around with Hailey Minogue on Area 3000. Playing Bertie right now. Dope. <laughs>